You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. All right, we got something exciting today. You might see all this stuff going on behind us. Come on, let's give it up for our ushers. Who loves our ushers? This handsome man right over here had a birthday yesterday, Willie Melendez. Incredible man of God. We love the Melendez family. So God, you guys can take these away as well. Thanks. We have, uh, we have a treat this morning. We're in our family-ish series, and uh, so we thought it, this would be a great time to, uh, to talk about some family issues on, in a panel. So we've got a, uh, an incredible lineup today, a panel. I'm going to invite them all up right now. Let's give it up for Daniel and Heather Molchanoff and Leanne Yarber coming up to this stage. Love these people, love this family, and I want to encourage you that, that we're going to cover a wide range of topics this morning, so there is something for you. There's something for everyone here. Everybody say, there's something for me. Come on, everybody, there's something for me. Come on, I want you to lean in and uh, listen to all the words of wisdom, knowledge, and uh, why we specifically wanted to bring up these amazing people is because uh, they all have incredible testimonies with victory. They have, they, they, we've all walked through trials, we've all had struggles, and um, they're no different, we're no different, but uh, what we like to highlight here at San Diego is the testimony of faith. You saw it in the video, and you're going to hear it today on our family panel. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go through real quick, and I'm going to have each one of these fine-looking people. Aren't they beautiful? Come on. They, this is a, this, it's not a beauty contest, but it could be. Come on, I'm going to have each one of them introduce themselves and tell, them, tell you all, us all, something about themselves. All right, I'm on, live. Hi, guys. Morning, my name is Daniel. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Heather, but I won't introduce her. Let her do that. Uh, we have been here at C3. We were a part of the original um, plant at East here, and that's just been an amazing blessing for us. And uh, we're involved in Connect Group and worship. So we have four kids, um, so maybe there's a little bit coming from that place that we can share with you guys this morning, family-ish. That's right. <laughs> I'm Heather, and um, if you don't know me, come say hi, because I love everybody. Um, I, I mean, what we do here at East Campus, we do a little bit of everything, yeah. so, and I love our church so much, so if you're looking for a home, if you're new, stay connected, stay in, and you'll find your people, and it will transform your life, so... That's right. My name is Leanne Yarber, and um, my husband, Brian Yarber, who will be on the screen, yeah. he is on his annual boys trip, golf trip. Come on. <laughs> yeah, right? So he couldn't cancel, but um, we didn't, I didn't want him to. But uh, I've been going to C3 for about three years now. Um, I serve in the green room, and I also lead uh, one of the leaders for the C3 recovery group yes. in, um, at Central. So hopefully we're going to be bringing it here to East County. Yeah. On East Campus soon, yeah. Come on. One day. So I've got two beautiful, three beautiful kids. I have a son who just turned 30. Wow. I have uh, my, uh, you guys, you all probably know my daughters. How, how can you have a son that turned 30 yeah. when you're only 35? I that was, doesn't, I was that doesn't make I sense, him. yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and then I have a beautiful daughter, McKenna, who is playing guitar up here. She's in worship. Yeah. And then she's marrying her most amazing fiance, my soon-to-be son-in-law, Gary. Come Cologne, on, sitting right here. And then also my other daughter is Brooke Yarber. You've, she's what serves on uh, the my city with her um, amazing husband DJ. So I've been blessed with 
great kids, and this is the year of the harvest. I'm harvesting son-in-laws. Yeah. Come on. My, my youngest daughter got married earlier this year in McKenna, and Gary are getting married in two weeks. Wow. So. So much. Come on, let's give it up for our panelists. So much love. And, and what, what we, we love about all of these amazing people is, is their faithfulness. Their faithfulness to, house, to, to God first, that they each have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that's an active relationship. And then uh, they, they work that out in service to the body by, by serving the church, by being at everything, the faithfulness. They're available and they're teachable. And, uh, and that's really all we ask of anybody at C3. We want you to be fat. Fat Christians. Faithful, available, teachable. That's the secret to success at C3 San Diego. So we're going we're gonna to get into this. Um, and I think just right at the start, I, I love the idea, Leanne, that, that you send Brian off for a guy's weekend. That every year that uh, you see there's value in him going off and, and being able to have a vacation, have his own time. And it's not even in our notes, but, um, but how did that come about? What is the, like, why, is, why, why did that start? Or, or, and what, what have you seen, the fruitfulness of that? Well, I need that. Oh, come on. <laughs> she kicks him out of the house. So no, good. He's, he's, got, you know, he's got his cousins and his very best friends from high school. And it's just, wow. I, think it's, I think it's healthy, uh-huh. you know, that he gets to go out with his, his guys and goes and golfs once a year. And he loves golfing. I mean, it was really like him getting ready, like a kid going to Disneyland, like he mm-hmm. couldn't sleep for like a month, he can't wait to go, so, <laughs> and again, I need it too. <laughs> I know, it's so good, and, and uh, the, way, the way the timing worked out schedule, so he, he couldn't be here for the family panel, but it's for a good reason, but we were able to record a little testimony from him, uh, that we're going to share in just a minute, and uh, the first topic that we're going to be talking about is uh, restoring broken families. And I think that, that um, even, if, even if you necessarily haven't walked through uh, a family, a broken situation in your family or yourself, you know, maybe there's, a, there's somebody in your life who is, maybe one of your best friends, maybe somebody else in your family is having to deal with a situation like this. So let's, uh, let's listen in and we're going to play this video of Brian Yarber uh, talking about restoring broken families. Take a look. So, um, so, so without understanding how broken we were, uh, it, would, it wouldn't make sense to just see the fruit of our lives today. So to let you know what we went through, um, over the course of 10, 15 years, um, <clears throat> the church sided with every reason why we should have been divorced. There were times when uh, we were uh, at that point. There were times where uh, the papers were being served. And... Um, I remember specifically one day being in a in a elevator, and uh, it was an uncomfortable ride up this floor because I was an unrepresented husband uh, going into a, a court battle. Um, Leanne was surrounded by a couple of attorneys, and um, kids were still young at this time, and we were going to go through uh, at that time what um, wasn't prepared to go through. Matter of fact, I refused to go through it so much so. That I wouldn't sign any of the papers, and I remember confronting Leanne's attorney and just saying, wow. "You know, you don't even know who we are. You know, you don't know where we've come from, who we are, and and just like I just was so enraged at this person who wanted to tear us apart because when Leanne and I got married, uh, going back, uh, our pastor at that time, he looked at our families, our friends, my side, her side, and everybody in our wedding party, and told them that nobody." Nobody but God could come between Leanne and I. Yeah. And uh, they, I think somewhere along the line, everybody forgot about that covenant. You know, wow. I didn't. I held on strong. 
sickness and his health. Um, there was a lot of sickness. I didn't even know it. I just thought it was normal. Wow. What we were going through, I thought it was normal, believe it or not. Uh, my family has longevity in their marriages, and, and I bring that to my side, and Leanne has some difficult marriage of her own already, and so, so she brought that, and, and we know what happens when two people come together and we bring our own worlds with us. Um, you know, there's some opposites, and, uh, but something, something was inside of me that just, I don't know, I, I was stubborn, I refused to give up. Uh, thank God we made it through that season, um, but that wasn't it. We weren't at our bottom then, and uh, God had to do some more work in both of our lives, and fast forward to 2009, um, again, we were at that place where I never thought we would be. Uh, our lives were going in different directions. Leanne had already moved out. She had her own place. And um, it was in that moment when I realized that she wasn't there, she wasn't living there, that really what was going, looking back today, I know what that was. God had to remove me from Leanne's life because I kept getting in God's way. He was working on her in a way that had never been as far as I knew, ever been done before. God was doing a miracle in Leanne, and I kept getting in the way of that. Wow. And so that's when my miracle began, because when you're at your bottom, when you're in the middle of a storm, that's when God does his greatest work on you. That's when you're finally vulnerable. My favorite title of a book is, if you wanna walk with Jesus, you gotta get out of the boat. And that was my getting out of the boat moment. I really learned how to lean on God and trust God uh, for that. It was, it was a very difficult time. And um, at that moment, um, during that season, which was about a six or seven month period, the restoration of the marriage, the brokenness, the, 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 all the bits and pieces that had been just shattered began to come back together. And uh, as she worked on her life, I began to work on my life. We both started really leaning in on our work and, our, and our, on ourselves as well as our walk with God. And thank God, thank God through all of that, uh, Leanne just made that covenant that we would always tithe our children to God and to the Christian schools and to the church. And um, our daughters today, the fruit of their lives having uh, Brooke as a, as a youth pastor and being married to uh, an amazing man and McKenna engaged at this time uh, and getting married soon to another amazing man of God and two families uh, of amazing people. It, it's, it's remarkable that I get to sit here today with a smile on my face knowing the outcome of what all those struggles were, all those storms were and all that brokenness that God was really working in our lives, you know, the footprints in the sand. I thought I was walking alone and no, God was just carrying me at that moment. I, I couldn't have imagined uh, my life today was, was even possible when I was on my knees in my bedroom alone, just crying out to God to, to restore this family. And uh, ours is a happy ending. You know, I know many marriages don't have uh, the outcome that we do, but um, my hope and strength in this message today is to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, do not give up on the covenant. Do not give up on God. He is working in Come your on. life. Amen. So I had, Amen. I had a final thought. We can, we can play that one later. That's so good for that. Oh my gosh. Restoring the broken families. How good was that? Come on, let's give it up for Brian. 
Incredible testimony. One of the things I, I love that he said there is that, that there was a place where he had to realize that he was in the way of Leanne's breakthrough, that he had to allow God to get him out of the way. See, the, one, of the, one of the most important components of restoring a broken family is that, that each person has to be restored individually to Christ. Each person has to be in a place of health. They have to be in a place where they can stand on their own two feet with Jesus to be able to come together as husband and wife or as a family. And so each one of us, I think, I think so many times, like Brian, we feel like we need to fix the person. We feel like we need to do something and change them. No, God is the one who's doing the fixing. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to do the convicting. We don't need to, to highlight everybody else's flaws. We just need to let the Holy Spirit work on us, and then we can be in a place of strength where we can come together and restore the family. How good was that? So good, restoring broken families. Um, and there's so much more to his testimony, too. Uh, we just wanted to share a little, little piece of it, and uh, we're, we're going to hear from uh, the better half in just, just a second. Um, <laughs> She might argue that, but, uh, but we love the family, and uh, so we, we talked about restoring broken families, and we want to talk a, a little bit about uh, what they mentioned, raising godly kids. So through this process of, of uh, being broken and the, having to put the family back together, um, somehow they came out to this end state where, where they can look back now and see, wow, God is so good, the grace of God, uh, where our kids are at now. And so I'd love it, Leanne, if you just talk a little bit about that, You're like coming from that place of, of brokenness and the rest of in your own life and then raising godly kids along the way. Thank you. Wow, what an opening, huh? Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, let's just open it up like that. Um, <laughs> so a lot of you may know my, my testimony and my story. Um, I, by the way, celebrated 14 years sober last week. Come on. Yeah. Woo. And um, Brian and I have been together for about almost 28 years, 27 years, wow. something like that. So obviously there's been um, addiction and alcoholism in the first half of our, our relationship and then the second half of our relationship now we're, you know, uh, there's been recovery and recovered by the way, I've been recovered. I don't, wow. I don't, I don't classify myself as, you know, I don't, I don't say, hi, my name's Le I'm Leanne and I'm an alcoholic when I, I'm a recovered alcoholic. Yes, you know, from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body through yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be recovered. I'm not cured, I'm recovered. Come on, it, amen. Yeah, that obsession is gone. So, you know, with that's been a lot of turmoil, and, and a lot of people see us today and they go, gosh, I wish I had, I wish I had a marriage like you and you and Brian. I hope that, you know, my marriage is going to be like yours and Brian's. I'm like, you better think first. And you better, <laughs> let's chat first, because it hasn't always been, you know, peaches and cream, and it doesn't always look, things on the outside, that you, you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, and there's a lot of seasons that Brian and I have been through, and a lot of that came through addiction, and a lot of it just came through out of my, me running on self-propulsion. You know, and they say a lot of times, you know, it, it takes both of you to want to work it. Sometimes it only takes one. And in this case, it was Brian just and praying and praying and praying, and sometimes it's just that one person's prayer that brings two people back together. I told myself I wouldn't get emotional. You know, it's been, <laughs> and, and even after, you know, even after I got sober after, you know, for, like 14 years ago, um, the first four years of my sobriety weren't always, um, you know, I, I still was just, I had just removed the alcohol. That's all I had done. And our speaker last week was amazing when he said 
there's a difference between believing in God and believing God. Yes. And, and I was believing in, you know, I believed yeah. in God. Yeah. I believed in God. Of course I did. But God sat up here and I kind of ran my own life. Wow. And I didn't put my reliance and my trust in God and knowing that he could restore, my, restore me to sanity, number one, and also restore our marriage. Because I, you know, I didn't have examples. And I'm going to talk about my kids here in a second, but I didn't have examples growing up. I mean, my mother is an amazing example. But she came here from, uh, my father met her in the Philippines. Um, and um, uh, he was a, a, a pilot, a Marine, a Marine Corps pilot, met her in the Philippines. They moved here. I was born. Two years later, he divorced my mother. I remember that day vividly at two, at two and a half years old with wow. my, my mom sitting on the floor, you know, holding my baby sister crying. I remember where my dad driving around the corner. That, met, that vision is still in my head. And from that moment on, my father's been married six times. And, wow. and he's still, and he's not married today. And honestly, he's, well, today, right now, he's in the hospital with emphysema and with no one. And, this, and he is a result of not having God in his life wow. and not having, you know, not believing in the, in the, in the, in the sanctification of marriage and, and staying together. And the buck stops there. Wow. And I had to make that decision. You know, I had to make that decision because my destiny is not my father's choices. Yes, come on. My, right. my destiny is the choice that I made 14, 15 years ago when I was sitting in my, by myself in, a, in an apartment, having left because I wasn't feeling it anymore. Wow. I wasn't feeling it anymore. You know, God can restore that. And I had to go back, and God can restore that. And, and whether there's alcoholism, whether there's drug addiction, whether there's not feeling it any, anymore, you know, those aren't excuses to give up on something for better or for worse. And I was a runner. I'm, I'm a runner figuratively and, and, and literally, but I was a runner figuratively, and that was my, because that's all I knew, and that was the examples that I led by. I, mean, I, I, I used to look up to my father, but the buck had to stop there, and I made, those, I made that choice back in um, November. It was around November of, I want to say, 2010, 2009, that I, I made the decision that, you know what, I need to put my trust and my faith in the Lord. And there's a, there's, um, there's, there's a verse in the Bible, I think it's, um, I'm going to blow it, but it says, go, go home and then tell people your testimony yeah. and, tell, and tell the people what God has done to restore your life. Wow. And yeah. that's what had happened. You know, I had... I was delivered from that idea that I needed to find something new and I needed to have a new life. I, I was restored from that and God brought, God brought restoration back to my, my love and my, my passion that I had for my husband. And today, you know, I mean, Brian's my best friend. He's, he is my best friend. And, and I, you know, he, he was my best friend from the day that I met him. We met, we're, we're, we're best friends. And we were always best friends. We do everything today. You know, does he drive me crazy still? Absolutely. But the, <laughs> he's, you know, but, but there's, there's a difference, you know. And it's not always going to be, it's not always going to be a honeymoon. Yeah. I, God, I hope not. Right. <laughs> you know, but there's seasons that you go through. I don't, I don't think you did it right. <laughs> There's seasons that you go through, and I just have to learn to go with the ride, you know. And and my life, is, and 
believing God and believing God in his word and that he is that he can restore and that he has restored us to to a place where you know I mean I know looking forward and I'd never had this feeling I know looking forward that we are going to be together till death do us part yeah. you know until death do us part and it doesn't matter what what's going you anything can be be restored yeah. God's will is it so that you guys stay together yeah. you know if anybody's going through any struggles God can get you through anything. If he can raise Lazarus from the dead, he can That's restore right. your marriage. Amen. So That's good. That's easy. That's easy. It's also easy to get a divorce. Oh, well, why? Yeah. Just anybody can do that, but not everybody can stay together. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know? Come on. So good. I, w- I want to jump in right there because I think this is, I think this is really important. It just shows kind of how the Holy Spirit is really directing this. Um, the, the topic that, that we talked about, that Leanne was going to speak about, was raising godly kids. And, and you might be thinking, I didn't hear a single parenting tip in there, nothing about you know, what to do when your child is going off the rails. But why this is so beautiful and important is because uh, more than what you say to your kids, more than what you teach them, how are you modeling your life? Because they're going to draw so much more from how you're modeling your life, what they see you doing, who they see you are, than, than what you say. And so I think that, that probably like an iceberg, uh, you know, 90% of parenting is below the surface. 90% of parenting is who you are as a person. And, and, and we all have come from different backgrounds, and, and you know, maybe some of us harder than others, that we've had to deal with maybe parents that weren't so great or maybe parents that were great. But, but who you are as a person will modify for your kids who they will be unless they choose to you know what they do with that is their choices and yes we do uh we do need to provide instruction we do need to provide teaching and we do have training but but even more than that i think the most important thing and and leanne just hit that so beautifully is is restoring yourself restoring um your marriage if if that's on the rocks and allowing god to do work in you and and that will teach your kids that will raise godly kids if you model a godly life can i just say one more thing yeah yeah, so three things about raising godly kids. The first one's Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. The second one's Jesus. Come on. And the third one's Jesus. Come on, right there. Amen. Write that down. And, and Jesus, every, Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Even when, even when they were little and they were going to secular schools, the one, the one, when they had to do reading, I always made sure I got those, those kids' Bibles, you know, and that was the reading that they did. And I told their teachers, I said, you know what, if they can read whatever they want, right? And, they, and that's what they did. That was their readings. They would always be reading Bible stories. And by the time they reached junior high school or middle school, I told them that the schools out here were not an option. And so we did everything we could. We, we did not financially have the money back then, mm. but we sacrificed. I mean, everyone in our neighborhood had boats and toys in their driveways, and we didn't. Our toys were, well, we didn't have toys. Our kids, we, wow. we made sure that they had a Christian education. Wow. And so they've had Christian education from all the way from fifth grade through high school. And you know what? We had to make a lot of sacrifices. And there mm. were times that Brian just, you know, fought me on this. And that was one thing that I was always adamant about, always adamant about that they stayed in, in, in Christian schools. And then they made the choices when they got older to, to go on to Christian universities too as mm. well. So I do believe that that, you know, that, that makes a big difference. And then also the fact that they, you know, they saw, they saw that the, what, what, what we had gone through mm-hmm. and then where we are today, and only God could have restored that. Wow. So that's why I believe their faith yeah. is so deep. So good. Come on, let's give it up for Leanne. Beautiful story, testimony. 
Our, our next topic uh, kind of comes in on the heels of that. We're going to talk about um, keeping it together, keeping it together. And, and I, wanted, uh, I wanted so much to, to hear from Heather on this topic because whenever I think that my life is busy, whenever I think that I've got a lot on my plate, I just think about Heather. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm actually not doing that much. Like, I really, I really don't have that much going on. This is a lady. Uh, she, she runs a salon with her handsome hubby. Here in East County, two salons now, two stores, and uh, she's so involved with the church, so involved with the kids, and, and so much more Pathfinders ministry. Uh, she's a huge part of that as well. And, uh, and so when she wants to relax, you know, when she, when she wants to take a little bit of time off, uh, you think, okay, maybe she goes for a nice spa, a nice massage, something. No, she takes her four kids by herself to Disneyland. That's how she relaxes. That's how she takes a breath. So let's hear from Heather Molchanoff on keeping it together. Jeez, thank you guys. Um, I, yeah, well, okay. In saying this, I love to do, so I really enjoy it. Some people think relaxing is that go get your nails done. To me, that's kind of a chore. Like, mm. it's just another thing that I have right. to do. Um, so I really love just being active. I love doing stuff. And so my dad's always kind of taught me, you know, work hard, play harder. Well, wow. I work really hard. Yeah. So I have to make a huge effort to play really yeah. hard. Um, so, but yeah, keeping it all together, I get asked that all the time. Like people are like, how do you do it? Yeah. And it's not something I've honestly ever given a ton of thought to. I've just continued to do it. And, but this, the past two years have really shifted a ton, like in our lives and in our family's life and obviously being here at the church. And one of the thing I was, things I was thinking about is a couple of weeks ago, a lot of you guys heard my testimony and, you know, my biological father had passed away and my real dad stepped in and, or I'm sorry, my biological father passed away and then my stepdad, he stepped in and he's been amazing. But one of the things that um, we never talked about in my family, we never talked about deep things. So I grew up, you know, I had a stepdad who came in, he adopted all of us, it was beautiful, you know, and then that's where it just progressed from. You know, I never was asked, like, hey, Heather, like, you know, how did that make you feel? Or, hey, like, when my biological father years later passed away, hey, what does that feel like? And so there was all of this, we never talked about deep things. It was always, if there was an issue, it just kind of got brushed under the rug and, you know, shoved in the closet. And then, okay, everything's great, and we moved on. So we never had a lot of um, the deep, hard conversations. And so what I have found over the years is, is that, you know, I come, I'm the oldest of five kids, and, you know, we have just a lot of issues that were never dealt with. And coming to C3, that was a huge um, eye-opener for me, is realizing, man, like, I actually feel like I have everything together, but really deep down, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't surfaced yet. And, you know, even when it comes to, again, talking about marriages, um, Daniel and I have always had a good marriage, but... I think what we started realizing is that God doesn't want you to just have a good marriage. He didn't die on the Come cross on. for you to have a good marriage. He That's died right. on the cross for us to have an exceptional marriage. Wow. He died on the cross for us to have a, yeah. an exceptional, abundant family. And so one of the things that hit me was when I started Pathfinders, when I did the apprenticeship, um, I had never been exposed to deliverance before. And we talk about it sometimes, and, you know, but it's not something that's spoken just freely about all the time, um, is the deep side of deliverance. And so I actually had um, one of our pastors in the apprenticeship, she came up and, you know, she prayed over me, and she goes, you have a spirit of rejection that you carry. And it was, and it, 
I had never known that. And she said, it's something that has kept you. She said, well, she said specifically, she goes, you had somebody leave when you were six that was very influential in your life. And it has kept you from feeling negative emotion towards your children and towards your husband. And it was crazy because I had just grown up thinking, well, maybe, like, I never had emotion. I never had, like, when people are like, oh, they have a baby and they're obsessed. And they're like, oh, my gosh, my world. And I never felt that. You know, I never felt emotion. I never felt anything before. And so having had that, I had that deliverance happen, that spirit of rejection cast off of me. It was crazy because, you know, you initially think, yeah, I'm going to be free. Well, what happened was is I actually now for the first time felt the overwhelmingness of what emotion is like. And for my whole life, from six years old, when my biological father left, I had pressed down and pushed away emotion and everything that was negative, and I kept it like down, 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 and I never talked about it, and everything was always, everything's so great, and da, da. again, how do you keep it all together? A lot of it was fake. Wow. And wow. so, and not realizing yeah. that a lot of it was fake. So it was crazy because that was something that I had even found in, you know, my oldest kid, you know, Ryder, he's the sweetest. And I struggled with like this crazy irritation towards him and like frustration. And I know that so many parents in here, this is different than just the normal, like, hey, your kids make you crazy because they do. But this was something deeper that I'd almost wake up annoyed and I'd wake up, you know, like, why do I have this? And so, you know, the Bible doesn't say be transformed by your deliverance. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so once I had taken hold of, okay, I have freedom from this spirit, you know, now I have to renew my mind. Now I have to solidify myself in the word of God. Now I have to believe God, not just believe in God. You know, I have to, and believing God means coming from a place of relationship. Like I can say, I believe in Santa Claus or I believe in the Easter bunny. But if I were to say to you, I believe the Easter bunny, people would be like, what are you? That's weird. You're weird. So, but believing somebody means you listen to them. You have conversation with them. Believing, believing God. So I had to believe that God is not separate from his word. And so if the word of God says, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If I'm not having that towards my husband, if I'm not having that towards my kids, if I'm not having that in my workplace, then something that I'm doing isn't aligned with what God has said. And so... Um, one of the verses that I was thinking about too, you know, the Bible says, because I feel like supernaturally what God did in my life, like I've always had this desire to want to go deeper, wow. always, even before coming to C3, like we came from a church that was very, very just religious, you know, and it was so, you, they didn't believe in the power of God. It's a good church, but they didn't believe in the power. And I always wanted more. Well, in Matthew seven, it says, you know, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, you know, if we keep yeah. seeking, if we keep searching, if we keep digging, God will give that to you, you know? And for me, supernaturally, it came in the form of, you know, an apprenticeship that I joined into that God said, I'm going to get this spirit of rejection off of you. And in that now I'm going to restore you. And so it's been such a cool journey over the past, you know, almost two years, no year and a half of seeing like, even just waking up excited to see Ryder, my oldest, wow. and being like, like wanting to give him a hug. I've never felt that. And I got emotional a couple of weeks ago because I was like, wow, this is actually happening. Like wow. I like feel the love, you know, that, you know, God wanted me to have as a mom. I feel that. And, you know, it's interesting too, because then 
another area that I feel like the Lord in, in the whole topic of keeping it all together is, you know, the Bible says, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own troubles. You know, what we're called to is called to today. This is not saying don't plan for tomorrow, but I think so often we can get so consumed and caught up in, you know, okay, well, oh my gosh, tomorrow I have to do this and this and this, and next week we've got this and this and this and this. And really what that does is it actually puts like a very small seed of doubt and worry and anxiousness in your mind that's actually gonna keep you from operating in how God has called you operate to operate today. So for me, if I know that on a Wednesday night after Connect Group, somebody's going to stay at my house until midnight because they need prayer. If I was worrying about getting up at 5 o'clock the next morning because I have a 14-hour work day, I might not do that. But that person needs me now. So just keeping it together is staying in the now, knowing what God has called you to now, and not worrying about what tomorrow holds. So, yeah. Come on. So good. Incredible. Don't, don't you just get the sense that, that she could talk about that for about four or five more hours and just barely scratch the surface of what that means? But I love, I love how, it, in, maybe you didn't even in say this specifically, but what I got out of it is that uh, the, the root of keeping it together for you is your relationship with God. Amen. It's like there's, there's some, you can tell, can't you just tell the word coming out of her, how it, it just flows naturally. You can tell that she has a relationship with God in his word, that she has a prayer life, that she, uh, there's something, there's so much below the surface, and what you're seeing is the fruit of that. The roots go down deep in her relationship with God, and you see the fruit from that in her life on the external. So good, so beautiful, Heather, loved hearing that. And uh, so now we're going to hear from, from the other half. I'll let you guys decide who's, who's the better half. The other half, her handsome hubby, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, you'll see him up on the stage week in, week out, leading the worship beautifully. Um, and, and apparently he's a friend of Darlene Check, as you might know from Chair. She was sang on stage with beautiful Darlene. But uh, I, I thought that, that it would be great to include in this panel a uh, discussion about the only commandment with a promise. Does anybody know what that is? Mm. Honor your parents. Honor your mother and father. And uh, Daniel actually brought his mom today, here today. So... I'd love to hear, Daniel, you talk about honoring your parents. Right, honoring your parents. Um, firstly, does anyone want their kids to be brought in at this point of the discussion? Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll just... <laughs> Bring in kids, church. Yeah, I, I, like you said, it's a command with a promise. Um, honoring your parents, I, I think it's close to God's heart. You know, mm. It's something that you know, honors a, a huge factor. Um, when it comes to the way we conduct our lives. It's a huge factor of our church. Mm. Um, it's, it's talked about in the Old Testament and brought into the New. Mm-hmm. You know, Deuteronomy, Exodus, on your, on your mother and father. And then Jesus mentions it wow. um, again, honor your mother and father. Mm-hmm. And then Paul mentions it in Ephesians wow. chapter 6 too, where he says, honor your father and mother and period. No loopholes. Yeah. Honor your father and mother. Um, which creates, maybe, you know, it can create kind of an interesting, um, I think, aspect to consider. Because if it's a, it's a matter of honoring your father and mother, period, no loopholes, mm. then, you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of us here probably in discussion could talk about um, the struggles that we have with our parents. And being a parent myself, I'm imagining there's things that my kids, especially as they grow, yeah. will be able to share the struggles that they have with 
with me and, and Heather and who we are. Not with Heather, just with me. Just <laughs> Dad. Um, and so in thinking about this, you know, and as a, as a testimony of, of honouring your father and mother, I, w- I would say in my life, it, it would be something that you're in the process of doing continually. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to see it that way because, you know, when God commands us to do something to honour your father and mother, he also, or any commandment, as a matter of fact, he also gives us the power yeah. or the, the ability, the wow. enablement to do that. Yeah. So true. And I think that that's an important thing to remember. For me, what I would say personally, the power um, to do that is, is probably defined by the word grace. Wow, so good. And I think it's very um, important to, to kind of marry those two uh, principles, honor and grace, constantly. Yeah. Because, you know, we we live in a country where, you know, and the word of God tells us to honor. And there's and there's a number of offices that we're to honor. It's not just your parents, it's honoring your, your spouse, yeah. you know, honoring authority, mm-hmm. honoring right. government. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we all may or may not agree at times, and, and quite strongly even, with authorities, with mm. governments, with presidents. Wow, yeah. Um, and you see that in our culture. Mm. And instead of turning away from honour, which is what our culture seems to do, uh, yeah. and instead creating division, mm-hmm. we have to marry honour with grace. Yes. Because, so because God didn't put pe- perfect people That's right. over yeah. us. Right. You know, God blessed us with four beautiful children, but he didn't make me perfect to do right. that. Right. Wow. You know, do you do that with my mother and father and their parents also? Mm-hmm. So God gives us the power to honour because he, he, he shows us how to marry honour with grace. And it's not just a grace that is, is lauded over the people yeah. we honour, like, I forgive you, I right. forgive you. Wow. It's a grace that doesn't really have a... Have, see, grace, is not, it's not really about the forgiveness aspect. It's about the realising that we're not perfect yeah, so and that we, we make mistakes, mm-hmm. but that doesn't negate honour. Yes. So, you know, for you maybe sitting out there today, you're thinking about your own parents and the ups and downs, the hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, there's so many things, you know, it could fall under an amazing relationship. It could go all the way to abuse mm-hmm. and neglect and rejection and even absence. Wow. But... In, in coming into this discussion, we said honour has a, a promise attached to it. Yeah. Forgiveness has a promise. And it's funny because the promise is actually for the person that's honouring, not the wow, person being yeah. honoured. Right. That's right. right? That's right. The, so the, the promise is that it will, you, you'll, it, you'll, you'll have a long life in this land, that, right. that he'll elongate your life, that there will be health to your bones. To live a long life, you've got to be healthy. You've got to have, and so there's a promise attached to you in honour. And so, you know, for me, I um, have grown in that grace even towards my own, you know, and I'm not saying I had the, the easiest relationship, even my own, um, but, but I've seen that man, my father, you know, being transformed by the wow. grace of God. Wow, yeah. and, and, and it's a constant choosing to see those, those powerful changes that are made in his life. And, you know, we're all called to then change the things that we don't want to change. And I think that that's, uh, you know, um, 
just briefly touch on this. When we talk about honour, you know, we also know that we come from a church that talks strongly about, you know, breaking generational things. So sometimes that line is a little bit of a tricky line when you think about how do I honour and speak well and and respect my parents, but at the same time identify the things that need changing and to break those things off. And so there can be this kind of like interesting fine line that you go, well, I want to be respectful, I'm called to yeah. honour. But it doesn't mean that you can put your head in the sand about the stuff that God wants to change in your life. Maybe yeah. things that you picked up from your own parents that they might have picked up from theirs. Wow. But it's all done under grace. Come on. It's all done under grace. And, it, and it's using a wisdom with who you speak to about it. Yeah. You know, and because cause if you begin to just blurt out the problems that you have, which I've been guilty of in the past, I'll be honest, that you yeah. blurt out the problems. They could be valid issues. But Satan would get a foothold into yeah. guilt in those yeah. things. Into sh- and, and, and instead of feeling the release, you see, you, you begin to feel the weight of what you've been saying and people begin to see you as a dishonorable person. But yet God wants to free us and he wants to change sometimes the trajectory of our lives with our own families. If you're coming from a broken family, if you're coming from an absent uh, parent, you know, he, he wants wholeness in the next generations moving forward. So it's important to address those things, do it wisely, do it by grace, because Jesus said in Matthew 15, he said, you honor me, talking to the Pharisees, God, he says, God says this, that you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. So in honor, it comes down to a heart issue as well, that we do things in grace, and we do things in love, and and we pick the right people on the right occasion to uh, to identify things. But as as an overall, over all, we honor our mothers and fathers, period, no wow. loopholes. So beautiful. Yeah. Such a good, good testimony, good story. I, I love Daniel. He's, it's like, I feel like he's, uh, he's just this, this gold mine. He's got like so much in him. It's like an like a oil reserve where, where it's like you may, not even, you may not even have like tap even the biggest section le- left. I mean, I feel like there's, there's so much in you, and you hit, you hit like certain areas, and it's like, oh, you find that nugget, and like, I didn't even know that was in me, and you, hit, you tap that well, and there's just so much more, and uh, how good was that, that honoring your parents? You have, to, you have to combine grace with honor, and it's so good. You operate out of that heart condition. Um, the last topic that, that we're going to talk about today, uh, I wanted to share a little bit um, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the, the, the victories that we've had and the testimonies of faith, testimonies of victories, and, uh, and, and I wanted to talk a little bit, maybe there's, there's some people here today, and I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony uh, about putting the pieces back together when, when, uh, when you don't have a victory, when actually something doesn't turn out uh, what, for what you think at the time as a good solution, when, when something falls apart, when a marriage breaks down. And so I want to talk a little bit about... Um, about my, my testimony, my story, um, that I, I, was, I was previously married and uh, coming out of college, uh, newly in the Air Force as a lieutenant, um, I, you know, my um, girlfriend at the time and I, we made the decision, which, um, which probably was one of the biggest mistakes of my life, uh, to move in together before we were married. And so I'm the, I'm the strongest proponent against moving in with somebody before marriage because you create bonds, you create uh, a, a normalcy, you create um, a situation where you overlook things out of convenience, 
where, where maybe there's something about the person that ah, you're not super excited about, but because you're already living together, because you started to combine your, your stuff together, it just it makes, makes it hard to separate, right? But you haven't, you haven't made the covenant yet. You haven't said your vows before God and before men. You haven't made the decision that, that till death do us part, this is the person I'm going to live with. And so moving in together with somebody creates that situation. And, and, and if I want to be honest about it, I would say that was probably the, the underlying root of why that marriage fell apart. And, and I'm not trying to condemn anyone here today, maybe if you're not married and you're living together, but, but I want you all to know that there is a, a way forward, there is a path forward. And, uh, and for, for me in my situation, um, you know, we, we decided uh, to get married, we decided to, to do the right thing, and, um, and, and we did love each other. But there was, there was something underlying the surface where um, we, probably, we probably knew there was things about each other that, that were going to be hard to make a, a marriage union last. And that's, that's what wound up happening. After just a few months of being married, um, there was just this division that started happening. Um, I, I felt the pull. I felt the call to be in church. I knew that that's where my life needed to be. And, and from the beginning, I, I had thought that she wanted the same thing, that, that she was in agreement that, that we would have a life together in church. But uh, as I continued to, to be faithful in going to church, I just saw her slowly, slowly stop coming and then, and then almost be getting upset when I would spend that time. And it just started to create this rift. It started to create this separation between us. And, but I knew on the inside that I, I couldn't change that about myself, that I, that I knew God needed to be a part of my life, that I needed to be in the house of God. And, and so over just a couple of months after being married, the rift got to the point where, where she left, that she, she left the house. And, and, and I told her that when she left that, that, that I wanted the marriage to work, that I wanted us to be restored, but I needed her to, to decide that for herself, that she had to make the call. And unfortunately, in that situation, she chose to leave, and, uh, and, and that was the end of the marriage. And it was probably the, the most challenging, not probably, it was the most challenging thing that I've ever walked through in my life. And I, I felt uh, just completely broken, like to, to where I was just bare bones. It's like there w it didn't really feel like there was much to me, much to my life. Um, but I got some great advice from my dad. And he told me, and, and I think this is, this is the advice that anyone who's in a situation where you feel broken, you feel like um, there, there's... You just don't have any hope that, that this is something that you can cling, cling to. And the advice that he gave me was fight for joy. Do not let the devil steer your joy. Because no matter what's happening around you, no matter what's happening on the outside, joy is something that is from the inside. Joy is something that God brings into the inside of you. And nobody, nothing can take it away from you. Only you can choose to release it. So whatever situation you're in, fight for joy. No matter how hard it is, no matter how broken you feel, if you fight for joy you will get it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you open up your life to allow his joy to come on the inside of you, it will restore you in a way that nothing else physical, nothing else external can. And I remember one specific time in the middle of, of the divorce where um, I just felt, I felt joy come on the inside of me. And I, I put on worship music and I just stood up in my living room and I began to dance before the Lord. I began to dance out of the joy that he put on the inside of my heart. And from that place of joy, from that place of victory, no matter what I walk through in life, I, I can always go back to that spot. I can always remember the strength that he brought on the inside of me in that time, that struggle. And I know that the joy will never be taken away. So the key to putting the pieces back together for you is fight for joy. And James 1, 2 through 4 um, 
a lot of people who, who maybe haven't walked through a difficult circumstance maybe don't understand this verse that well. It says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. For the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Whenever you fight for joy in the middle of a trial, whenever you fight for joy in the middle of a storm, you will develop faith on the inside of you. You will develop perseverance on the inside of you that will carry you for the rest of your life. All right, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the panel now. Um, maybe, maybe we'll just do uh, one quick final thought, impartation from all our panelists. So, Leanne, why don't we start with you? One, one quick last thought. You know, I kind of want to coattail off what Daniel was talking about, about honoring your parents. And um, it, it's hard to honor someone who turned his back on Christ. My father was the youngest deacon of his church in, in his time, and he completely rejected Jesus when I was about eight years old, and he hates the fact that I'm a Christian today. And he, like I said, he's been married six times, um, and he's with no one right now, and he's scared because he's, he's close to death today. He's 80, he's 80 years old, and he's got emphysema. Anyway, um, it... it I have to, you know, I, it's still my responsibility to take care of him and do what I can. I don't necessarily have to like the person that he is, but he is my father. And um, I believe, and I feel the Holy Spirit tell me and talk to me and say, you need to take care of him, you need to take care of him. And, and that's been my, my job, I feel like, lately. But one of the things is I never really had an example and I love of a, of a father figure in my life. And there's something to be said about fatherless daughters. And that's what I was. And, and there's been studies that have shown that fatherless daughters usually end up, you know, unwanted pregnancies, drug addiction, alcoholism. Um, you know, those things typically happen. And so I just want you to consider something, you know, if, if you're considering, you know, whether you're a, a parent, you can be an absent parent in the home. You can be, you know what I mean? But to be in your daughter's life and your son's life too, I'm not just saying, I'm just saying this because I have two daughters and I see the example that my husband is for my daughters. So raising good daughters, I have to give a lot of credit to, to Brian and the, and, the, and the man that he is and the father that he is to my daughters because they see an example of a man who sticks by his, his uh, their, yeah. their mother's side. Who, who's, he's my biggest cheerleader, yeah, you know? And he sees, and they see that. And so they've married and, and are marrying men like that too. Wow. So I think it's really important that even if you're not in your, you know, maybe your, your lives are separated, but you can still be that, in, that, 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 represent, that representative and that father figure for your daughter. So, so that's good. all I have to say. So Thanks. good. Wow, so good. I would say for me, um, one of the things Daniel Knight committed to, and we've always stayed committed to, but we've decided even just coming to C3 is that we don't miss church. Yeah. I mean, you know, keeping it all together, you know, having a good marriage, raising godly kids, you know, honoring our parents, all of it comes back to, you know, staying committed to the house. And, you know, I have found in our life that the busier we get, the more we solidify ourselves in this house. The busier we get, the more we make sure that, you know, we don't miss opportunities to meet with God on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, you know, every day in your quiet time. Like, that commitment that you give to God, you know, is where you find your strength. So, making sure that, you know, I mean, the devil doesn't take days off, so we yeah. got we to gotta make sure we stay grounded in the house, so. So good. Uh, for me, a last thought would be that God is the way maker, Come the on. miracle worker. Yes. He's the promise keeper. And he's the light in the darkness. And that's who he is. Yeah. And so when you're on his side, when you're standing on his principles, yeah. on his promises, he will make a way yeah. 
no matter how you feel right now, where you feel like there may not be a way, he will make a way. Amen. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. You know, he's for your marriage. He's for your family. He's, he's behind the success of that. And so hold on, hold on, hold on. Because God is doing a work. He never stops working. <laughs> Here I am singing worship songs. But this is, this is our God. This is our God. So hold on. He never stops working. And you know what? He is for your abundance, for your success. So good. Let's give it up for all of our panelists. Thank you so much. Incredible. Come on. How good was that? And we'll, we'll play this last little clip from Brian Yarber, The Impartation. Go ahead and spin that clip. So I had a, I had a final thought uh, that I wanted to make sure that if there was time that I could leave you with this thought. And this is something that um, God spoke to me about over a course of this whole time and speaking to others and working with other people is that there's no rules in love, especially God's love. Um, God brought us together and there's no rules that say that two people who fall in love that who fall out of love can't fall back into love again and uh, that's that's a huge huge lesson for me because that's just how Jesus loved us I would I would walk that walk and then maybe I would leave for a while and just like the uh, prodigal son right come and go, come and go. And our marriage started out with a lot of love, had a lot of deep, deep darkness, and then has a lot of love today. So, so that's, that's what I'd like to leave you with, is that there are no rules with God's love, that you, two people who fall in love, who fall out of love, can fall into love and have a better love, a stronger love, a deeper love than ever before, when you really understand that. All right, thank you. So good. I think one of the things that you'll probably recognize in each of these stories, each of these situations, and if you, if you talk to anyone on the panel, they'll probably tell you that, that the, the root of the victory that we've all encountered in these situations, each, each of these situations, whether it's restoring broken marriages, raising godly kids, keeping together, putting the pieces back together, the root of the victory is, is always Jesus. It's always Jesus. You know, we've all heard about the statistics. We've all seen maybe in our own lives the situations that can occur. Um, but the truth is, is that without Jesus, it's, it's next to impossible. You know, maybe, maybe there's, I mean, there's a 12-step recovery program to, to beat addiction. There's, there's lots of great things that the world produces uh, that helps us along the way. And we should use those tools. You know, we should, we should you know, use uh, people that have wisdom, that have knowledge and understanding. But, but honestly, without Jesus, there, there's just, in my mind, there's just, there's just no way I would be in the situation that I am today without his grace. Like walking through the trial, walking through the struggle without his grace, there's no way that I'm here right now speaking to you from this stage, a part of this amazing house of God. Without Jesus, and, and Leanne even said it in, in her advice, raising godly kids, the three most important things are Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.